Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. Let's think of things that all together, like what are these big things we all want to attack? And like, instead of building like different companies, let's build one that will just stick and make sure it is done. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baypyong. Welcome to another episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. If you're new to this podcast, um, welcome to the show. First of all, and uh, this podcast is about hustlers sharing their hustles to other people. And the objective of the show is not to one up each other. The objective of the show is to learn from each other and to show that, hey, all our hustles are pretty similar to each other and we should not be one-upping each other. Rather, you know, we should come clean and remove all the bullshit from all our stuff and help each other out. In this episode, we're very, very fortunate to have been joined by one of those people that I have high up in my list. Um, I, I, when I thought of this podcast, I, I, I thought I've always thought of having this guy on the show, but I didn't realize that I can have them this early. So we're very, very lucky to have him share his his knowledge and experiences to us because his journey and his hustle is very, very unique in its own way. So wh- who am t- am I talking about? I'm talking about 
Mr. Earl Valencia. Currently, Earl is a venture advisor for startups and corporate innovation teams, where he focuses on growing companies for emerging business units from seed to scale. He's currently based in San Francisco. He is currently the managing director at the Charles Schwab Company. He was part of the advanced engineering team for the Dell EMC and previously was the program manager for corporate data at Bridgewater Associates, the world's largest hedge fund. Most people know him, though, as the co-founder of the Ideaspace Foundation, where they help fund startups or they grant startups with, with this competition that they run every year to, to help the most uh, innovative startups or ideas here in the Philippines. During that tenure, he was also the VP for Corporate Development and Innovation at SMART. What's interesting about this episode is that he's going to be discussing why he left and what he did after that and what he's currently doing to help the Philippines to prepare for that next leap in terms of startup innovation. What's very interesting about this episode too is that Earl came clean of how he actually started his journey as a tech geek or as a, as a, as a student from UP all the way to how he hustled to be an electrical engineering uh, student and got a summa cum laude in the Boston University. So this episode is going to be very interesting. Please stick around and enjoy the show, which is going to begin now. Welcome to the Hustle Share Podcast. We're now in episode four. Uh, I think it's four. Uh, and we have a... Oh, episode four. Great. Yeah. Uh, the first couple episodes uh, was all startup people. And then the last one, I uh, interviewed a lawyer who also is into startups but today we have a super, super special guest. This is, I, I can't believe he said yes this easily. <laughs> and we're, we're on a phone patch, we're on a Skype call with Mr. Earl Valencia, the founder of Ideaspace Philippines. Earl, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here, Ron. Ronster. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely glad that you invited me here and so happy that we reconnected all these years, my yeah, friend. It's been a long time. Uh, can't, I don't remember actually when the last saw you, but you've been instrumental in my journey and I, I'm very grateful that you found time. Even if, how, what's the time right now in, in your side of the world? Uh, shoot, I don't know. I think it's like 10.30 at night oh, no. here in San Francisco. But, oh, God. you know, it's Friday and, uh, you know, talking about hustle, I, I just love having meetings, discussion or podcast mm. interviews later at night, right? Awesome. Thank you. So, so Earl, let's get, get straight to the jugular because I know it's late and I want to make sure that you're in your tip-top form when we do this. Um, what's your hustle now? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm actually doing a couple of things and it's a bit complicated, right? Okay. But then I bucket kind of my, 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 my things right now to three major things, right? So one of them is that I... You know, uh, I'm basically managing director of this new buzzword called digital transformation wow. for one of the largest uh, financial institutions here in the U.S. So think about it where, you know, a lot of these companies are trying to, you know, automate themselves, make themselves more efficient. But instead of just manually changing their processes, a lot of it will be doing with regards to digital um, processes, most of it is probably related to algorithms or artificial intelligence, right? So it's still, you know, applying technology towards you know, making sure operations is more efficient. Uh, and then the other large bucket um, is 
is still I, I you know I love startups I, I love yep, ventures yep. so I, I still advise a lot of startups I'm in a number of board of advisors wow. um, from fintech companies um, to advising a bunch of maybe new venture funds to you know the one that's uh, kind of most interesting actually two of them one is a like a defense a contractor started out by a veteran so we're trying to wow. like bid out with contracts with like air force and and like you know department of transportation here in the u.s and another one actually is a pretty wild one which is um trying to make expedia for space travel right okay. so as long as it's not Theranos, we're in the clear <laughs> yeah no you know and uh, you know i think i i just love uh being you know, being there and seeing yeah. and, and helping guide um, kind of entrepreneurs, especially yeah. from the zero to one stage. That's really my passion. Yep. And then the last bucket, obviously, is just my love. My love for the Philippines is still strong. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still active in a number of kind of boards, nonprofits um, that relate to the Philippines. So here, for example, in, in San Francisco, I, I still... Um, is a part of the Science and Technology Advisory Council to the yep. Philippines. So I'm working Stack. together with the consulate. Yep, in Stack, mm-hmm. working with the consulate in many different programs. I've hosted uh, at least I think once a month a entrepreneur slash innovation event here in San Francisco and just collect the Filipino and Filipino American community, especially in technology, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, I mean, obviously, I I still advise a lot of things in the Philippines. Um, you know, idea space is still close to my heart. Yep. And then Q- that's your baby. Q- yeah, and then QBO, who um, yeah. is kind of the you know son slash daughter of IdeaSpace, yeah. um, in conjunction with the government, you know, took on its own life. And kudos to the team there, led by Kat, yeah. who made it something out of nothing. I left there with, you know, support, um, you know, some funding. Um, and you're coming back, right? You're yeah, coming back. Coming you're gonna be here. Yep. Yeah, I'm coming back next week to literally see QBO for the first time in the flesh. Oh, and I'm super excited, right? I mean, obviously, I'm excited to also see my idea space uh, kind of peers and even the people from Startup PH. But, yeah. you know, so it's really, really three major buckets, right? Like, you know, one is basically like, you know, my kind of corporate hustle, if you want to call that. The other right. one is my venture hustle. And the last one really is like my... Passion. You know, passion, love for the Philippines hustle, right? Dude, you're mar- you're wearing a lot of hats, and obviously, this is this is not um, this is not common that that people have to wear these hats and the type of hats that you wear is crazy because a lot of Filipino startups look up to you as one of the four founders of, of what it is, right? Then back in 2011, 2012, that's where the real startup movement. Other prior to that, there were a lot of you know here and there. There's companies. We call it internet companies, but it really solidified when IdeaSpace were, was born, Kickstart was born, it had just steamrolled from there. And let's just track back a little bit. So right now you're wearing three three main buckets. Let's I mean three main hats. Let's talk about that. Uh, but, but later on, but let's start to how did you start this hustle? Where did this love for startups and technology stem from? Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it really depends on how far do you want to go, right? Like, you know, you can go far as since you know, I was a kid or as far as even in high school. But yeah. maybe let's start from there just to be like totally transparent and okay. kind of a fun conversation, right? Sure. And, you know, maybe not a lot of people even know some of this story. So, um, you know, it's 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 really fun. I can remember the exact feeling slash time. I don't know the exact date when, um, you know, my my. You know, I when I was a kid, like I love random things, dinosaurs, space, yep. 
you know, I wanted to be like, you know, an astronaut, paleontologist or whoever, right? Like geeky stuff. Maybe that's a common thing. I like, I just love science and technology when yeah, I was yeah. young. And you and studied where my, in high school? Um, so I went to La Salle Zabel. Um, DLSZ, in, yep. Yeah, yeah, DLSZ. And, you know, I remember for sure, maybe I was like 10 or 11 and my, you know, my my parents, my you know, my, my, my auntie, my tita was in Houston, Texas. Okay. And one of the requests I did was to kind of go visit NASA, right? And wow. I asked, you know, I, I, I saw the Saturn V rocket, which is like the, the, the rocket that made um, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin go to the moon. And I asked oh, a tour guide, wow. I asked a tour guide, like, you know, how do I become an astronaut? This is like the best thing ever. And yeah. guess what? Because, I mean, it's funny, maybe for that person, he didn't really care, but he just told me like, you know, you gotta be an engineer. Almost everybody here is an engineer in NASA. Oh, and I was wow. like, oh shit. And that that small conversation when I was 10 or 11, like just got imprinted in my mind. Got stuck. I remember you talking yeah. about this when you were doing your talks that when you, yeah, you, you wanted I, to be an astronaut. Yeah, I totally wanted to be an astronaut, right? And. And, 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 you know, I'll tell you, maybe this is like, maybe talk about hustle and all these things like right. that. It gave meaning to almost everything I did from that point on. Right. So like when I studied physics, when I studied chemistry in high school, when I like, you know, th th think about science or even thought about my grades. Right. I always right, think right. like, how can I get closer to becoming like, you know, an astronaut. Right. Which is yeah. totally like bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, at the yeah, time, totally but fair. it was it was really you know, it really was a pivotal point kind of in my life doing that. So after that, you know, I went to um, engineering school. I went to UP first, yep. um, but then I decided to transfer out uh, into the U.S. And it's not because wow. UP is not an amazing like, institution. Actually, it's, a, it's another is, institution UP. that yeah, UP changed my life yep. uh, for many different other things, right? I think that's where my love for the Philippines got like totally solidified yeah. and, 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 and thing. But then I realized that my goal at the time was to, you know, um, go to like a top uh, graduate school in engineering. And, uh, you know, I just knew at the time from UP, like I looked at the odds, it's going to be difficult. I mean, obviously it's not impossible, but difficult because mm -hmm. I wasn't. You know, I wasn't like the number one in my class. I knew that like I was I was okay, but I wasn't like really good. So I'm like my chances would be very small. Yeah. So um, you know, I got you know a scholarship to go out uh, to go to school in Boston. Which and are that, you? Can you divulge what school? No, yes, yeah. so I went to Boston University, nice. um, and then for about two years or so, and I graduated there with electrical engineering. Nice. Um, and then I was debating after basically BU if I was going to go to, I got an admission to MIT, which is across the river for my PhD yep. in nuclear engineering or um, master's for free in University of Illinois or, um, or basically like, you know, it's funny when, when, when it when a companies got wind that I got admitted to MIT, like I I interviewed for a job in Raytheon, which is an aerospace company, on a mm -hmm. Monday, um, and then they made me on-site interview on a Saturday, and they gave me an offer on a Sunday. Wow! So literally in a span of six days, um, you know, I, I I I my career path changed from being a PhD student into becoming um, an aerospace engineer. Quick right? question, and, Earl. From that point, because this is not common again like what i said not a lot of people know how to hustle 
at least from a college point of view, where you're from, you're studying here, and you said you you wanted to increase your chances of being an astronaut, right? How did you open up the opportunities to be uh, transferred to a Boston University or get a scholarship there? You know what? Talk about hustle. That's exactly what I did, man. It's yeah. fine. So, I mean, obviously, the good thing is that I had some guidance. My brother was um, in the U.S. and. Oh. I called him and I remember this. I was like, I think maybe 17 at the time. And I told him like, you know, uh, bro, and he's much older than me and he's even more successful than me, than me by leaps and bounds right now. He's the, um, you know, head of rehab for the New York Knicks. Now, New right? York but, Knicks! Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, um, you know, I remember during that time, I was like, you know, bro, like what, what do you think? Like how, how is it in the U.S.? And the first thing he told me, like, you know, if you can get your chance to transfer here because... Um, that would be better because, you know, as much as we think that, for example, UP is a, is a school that people really care about here, mm-hmm. um, you have to hustle like everyone else versus if you do it in the middle and get like a degree that's U.S. recognized, yeah. you just have to skip more steps. Got and that it. kind of pivot to that. And yeah, get a head start compared to everywhere else because their mm-hmm. diploma would be the same as everyone, even if you didn't start there. And I, after that, like I, I went to the internet at the time, which is, you know, dial up speed. And <laughs> I, I literally researched all the different schools and I applied to at least, at least 10, if not even more schools. Wow. Right. And I was like, obviously, from the idealistic all the way up to not idealistic, right? I, I yeah. you know, I, I applied to like MIT, Stanford, Princeton, Berkeley. Right, right. Name it, all Ivy League. Yeah. And they all rejected me. They oh, all wow. rejected me, right? There's only two schools that, actually three schools that hmm. accepted me. One is the University of New Hampshire, which is like, yep. you know, a good school, a state school, but not as known. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one was the University of Michigan, which is actually a top five engineering school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then BU didn't come in until literally one month before the start of school. So why did you choose BU out of the three? So, it, 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 to be honest, I didn't have any choice, right? So Michigan, um, what happened was, and I mean, obviously now it's, you know, it's years later, like yeah. when I thought that I was going to transfer ready and Michigan gave me the admission email, mm-hmm. um, I, I just didn't take my academics that seriously. I took the subjects just to learn and then mm-hmm. try to take the exams. And lo and behold, I failed one subject mm-hmm. and they came back to me and asked me for my final transcript. And, you know, in the end of the day, like I think my final GPA in UP at the time was like 2.1. And they wow. said that you got to be at least at you know, a 2.0, which is equivalent to like a 3.4, 3.5. So oh. they, they upsected me, then they rejected me, oh. right? So I thought my life would end already at the time because mm. I was like, oh, shoot, like I literally failed already. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my classes, I thought I had an out. And then, um, you know, so that it was like a kind of a, a, a low point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was lucky that, you know, literally... Uh, another door opened. Another door opened. You know, I was already in my third year taking normal third-year classes kind right. of in UP. And this, lo and behold, this admission letter came in. And I, I called them up. It's like, hey, I know it's going to start in four weeks. Can I still show up? And they said, uh, yeah, sure. Come, come on over. Wow. And that, that changed kind of my trajectory as well, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what happened to me. And, you know, it's funny because I now I don't even remember that I, I literally applied to like – yeah. Whoever and I, I, I remember like I just I, I was always like applying, applying. I got like all these requirements done, like right. you know, um, even when I was in school. And I just you know, and all the rejection letters came out, and yeah. I was like, holy shit! Like maybe it's not meant for me, right? Yeah. And um, it just kind of happened, you know. 
Yeah, and then you know, just through grinding and doing your 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 dirty work, um, eventually you you got in, and that yeah, opened up got, a lot of doors. Yeah, exactly right. And then obviously when you're there too, um, the one thing that shocked me when I went to BU is that you know in UP obviously I was you know my classmates were probably some of the most brilliant people in the yeah. world. Uh, but then here, like, you know, you're now competing with people from many different backgrounds, like right. people from China, from India, people from the U.S., right? Like, and they are very different from you, right? So yeah. the hustle part there really is, you know, and, and the U.S., how they they do their grading is based on what they call as a curve, right? So it's right. literally the percentile. So top 5% yeah. get the A, the next top 5% get an A+, plus, blah, 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 right? right so right, right. that's the time because in, in, in the Philippines, we're trained to be like, absolute right like if you get 90 and above you get like you know an a or something right yeah. and the rest you get b but there's like percentage so you got to be better than your peer right. and i was like man these are like the people from like china or india that like crazy study hours and like do not sleep and all yeah, these crazy yeah. things that i just did not anticipate and i just had to compete with that and i was lucky that uh, i came out you know uh, pretty good in the end and got nice. these other opportunities right and um you know, just maximized it by literally focusing and making sure that, like, I just studied the hell out of, like, my time there, right? It's totally crazy. That is awesome. Um, yeah, and, and maybe that, that part of, like, this discomfort uh, that led to work ethic just kind of helped me in the end, I think, even in life. Now, right? Earl, uh, I'm curious. So you went from, you know, Boston to having this offer now. Just fast forward it a little bit to how did you go back or what was your first job after that? And how did you get back to the Philippines? Yeah, so uh, that's a good point, right? So um, I, I went um, after that to, to Raytheon. So I accepted the offer of Raytheon yeah. that, you know, they kind of converted in a bit. So I was an aerospace engineer for about four years or so. In between, I did my... engineer. Yeah. How cool I did is my that? Math. <laughs> I've never met anyone like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... Pseudo common, but actually not very common, right? Because this industry is very niche, um, you know. But it was really like cool. Like every day, it's like, you know, you're you're just thinking about like things that probably will only happen in the world like ten years from now. What, right? what so do you guys was, do there? Just out of curiosity, like in yeah, general so, terms, non-jargon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's basically like think about it where. Um, you know anything to do with defense right so think about like it could be uh, radar systems or mm. drones or you know missile defense systems or you know um, anti-terrorism wow. algorithms right like all these things are all kind of fair game or satellite systems right I was simulating like satellite constellations that's sure. um, one of my jobs right so these are the things that was kind of there and, you know, it really kind of solidified my love for engineering. And I mean, I, I maybe didn't become an astronaut, but I was at least pretty close, pretty, pretty close pretty. about that. And then um, I, I ended up uh, applying to one business school, which is Stanford. And um, I got in. I was the, one of the first admits that didn't take the standardized test called the GMAT, which is the big kind of MBA uh, standardized oh. test. Um, they made exceptions during that specific year that I applied yeah. um, to attract kind of people who might not have a business background that is totally like hardcore. And uh, yeah. I was the guinea pig. And, you know, after Stanford, that again changed again my trajectory. And I ended up in the incubator of Cisco. And when I was presenting, um, you know, I was in Manila for like my wedding and I, you know, the country manager of Cisco at the time said, Earl, can you talk to one of our large customers, PLDT Smart? Mm -hmm. And 
you know, me being, uh, you know, an obedient corporate guy, I was like, yeah, why not? And okay. lo and behold, like, they invited me to meet with um, with them and ended up meeting with, um, with you know, MVP, Mario wow. Panalina. And, and um, you know, MVP and I, I think, just hit it off. We spoke for, like, two, three hours just talking about, like, Silicon Valley, how we can change the Philippines to become a more technology-oriented, um, you know, country and yeah. he was just telling me like you know that was one of his frustrations and mm-hmm. he hasn't found anybody um Qualified. for the longest time yeah. to take on this mission and he said that why don't i come back to the philippines and i didn't really want to come back but um you know just you know he basically asked me the question like you know what, what do you want to do and i said i wanted to become exactly the dos secretary when i'm 60 years old and he's like Boom. why can't you do what you want to do when you're now when you're 28 Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, and so sorry. So Earl, let's just take a quick break. But after the break, we're going to be talking about your journey and how you started Idea Space, all the way to how you went back to the states and did your continuous hustle. More of that after the break. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back after the break. Uh, Earl, you still there? I'm I'm here, locked and loaded, my friend. All locked right. and loaded. I know it's late. So let's 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 continue to the grind. Okay, Earl. Totally cool. So when you came back 
and MVP said, all right, why don't you do what you're, you want to do when you get to 60? I'm pretty sure that was tough because you recently said you just got married and whatnot. What was the hustle like putting up idea space from the ground up? Uh, wow. I mean, that's uh, that's such a great kind of time in my life, right? Because it, it's funny, actually, Idea Space was supposed to be like my side project, right? Like, that's why even now uh, it's incorporated as a nonprofit, uh, just because we thought that this would be like kind of the CSR version of even my own kind of main thing, right? And, you know, for the first six months, like we launched it, you know, MVP kind of launched it, I launched it, we did a bunch of road shows. Um, and, you know, and, and, you know, me being at the time, like, you know, head of innovation of smart, I said, Oh, you know what, that's a cool kind of side thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that I, I just totally remember this, like I was, I was like in, in, in Ateneo, which is one of our first boot camps. Right. And when we did this, like literally, like I had to pinch myself because I think like, I don't know, a couple hundred people showed up and about, you know, and like this first boot camp that we did. And I was like, I was telling my co-founder, Martin, like, wow, this is real. Yeah. This is real. It's like, holy shit, like this is, this is real, right? And at that time, there was the startup ecosystem, even the term startup was very jargon. People, there was no industry yet, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And... You know, and 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 at the time, you know, and I before that I ran Tisco's Global Idea Prize, so I was kind of used to like kind of this whole national competition. Right. All these, things. I was like, I I did a global competition. That should right. be easy. So put it up on the web, give some marketing, and things will happen. And you know, even even if you know, I was like, let's do that. We even had like an advertising agency like help us with like collateral. We put it right. in Quire and all these other newsprints. And you know, when we put it out. Um, Literally, we only, I think, on our first week, we only got, I think, 30 submissions. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I remember I was and, one of, in one of the boot camps yeah, in UST. I think so. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, and yeah. I was, oh, man, like, this is really bad because we did this big, like, normal marketing campaign. We spent, I don't know how much, hundreds of thousands, even millions of pesos yeah. to, like, tell people, we're now open for submissions. And that I didn't get the, typically, when you open, you get this huge spike oh. of, like, 100-plus entries. And right. no. So I was very kind of deflated for a bit, even if I, you know, kind of pinched myself like a couple of weeks before. Right. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe this is just like really totally like a side project. And then um, my board, um, I remember this, MVP just told me, Earl, like, you know, you got to do a road show. People have to trust you, okay. right, with their idea. And I was like, mm, road show, that's totally like 1970s, my friend. But uh, <laughs> You said that and, to MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I was just saying like road wow. show, like, Okay, interesting, right? Um, but you know what? That was the origin of like why Idea Space for the longest time um, did what we call this this boot camps, right? Like going to universities, yeah. going to different parts. Like one of our first like boot camps out of outside of Manila was in the University of Southeastern Philippines in Davao, right? And then um, you know like. It's only that time, so I'll tell you a funny story. So I was there doing a boot camp, like when you you were in USD and we didn't want the name. And you know, I was telling people about like our vision, and yeah. I said like, you know what, whoever will win the top ten of this competition will give them, you know, half a million pesos, which doesn't sound a lot of money yeah. even today's standards, even that time standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and like someone asked me like, what you know, sir, um, what. You know, what if our family doesn't have that much money and we can't repay you? Like, how I don't want to ah. join this competition. 
and and I told her like, no, this is you know like you, you and I know. I mean, you you, yeah. you know, so selling company like like it's equity, right? Like right. I give you some money, I get a percentage of your company, and I said, if you do very well both of us make money if you don't do well then i lose my money and that's the risk i'm taking on you yeah they're, they're you're and, betting on them yeah and and it's so bizarre like they then then she just started to cry wow she just got shocked <laughs> she's like that you're telling me that like you know like it it's possible to get money and investment without necessarily paying it back yeah because that was alien at that time again and at that time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's this early days, this notion of like startup equity, venture capital, all mm -hmm. these things are just like super like non-existent. And mm -hmm. that's when I realized that, you know, number one, like I think my board was correct in telling that, you know, they have to know the people. Yeah. And then it's actually not just that, but then you have to then tell the message, right? And evangelize. Literally, like your Jesus going through all these sounds talking about. Yeah, and telling yeah. people about like, yeah, this is the good news, right? Like yeah. this is like what we, what we did, and I, you know, I want to quote like you know Paul Paho, who was like one of my partners in crime, yeah. and he was like called it the you know the, the, the evangelist, right? Like he yeah. had the developer evangelist thing, but then I also told him he's the startup evangelist at the same yeah, time yeah. because we have to spread the good news, and it's true actually, right? Like we went to like all parts of the Philippines I was in a plane or one of the people on my team was in a plane like every other weekend every weekend maybe even and mm -hmm. you know with a big mission right the mission is like how do we get more people aware that this opportunity exists that maybe didn't exist ever in their life and you know and that's why in our first year we got close to 700 entries and wow. that just everyone out of the park like it was totally like so inspiring because the demand was there yeah. Right. And then in our second year, we got I don't know how many entries. And then the third year, we got like thousand plus entries from like even multiple countries. Right. Actually, every continent minus yeah, yeah. Antarctica. Right. So, <laughs> you know, like it's pretty crazy. But I remember that like at least for the first three, four years of Idea Space, and this is something also from a hustle perspective, right? Like we yeah. probably either attended, supported, or funded more than half of the innovation or startup event in the entire country of the philippines so, so we're now, just a, yeah we're just an organization of 10 people right even less correct. now earl here's one here's one thing i wanted to understand and this is something that i'm pretty sure a lot of people would want to understand because it's easy to understand the hustle of a startup founder because that's common we can always congregate over beer and whatnot and talk about you know what this is such uh -huh. a hassle but what is that hustle what is the daily grind of a VC or from in your perspective or you said you already said you gotta do the roadshow. But how do you judge us? How do you know that this is a fundable idea? What are the things that you prepare with on, on a daily basis just to say, all right, I'm betting on this. This is hard earned money by our local uh, my our limited partners or whoever's money it is. How do you qualify one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, there's there's always the science part and there's the art part, right? Okay. And the science part is, like, what is your basically repeatable process to screen people, right? Like, you have the normal criteria, right? Like, the, the you know, the people, the technology, the need, the market, right? Um, the differentiation, right? All these things are, like, what every single venture investor will say over and over again, mm -hmm. right? And then there's the art piece, which is this kind of belief 
on the future that someone's trying to build, mm-hmm. right? And why is it good for either the world or good for the country or good for more and more people, right? Because number one, you want to make sure it's, you know, affecting lots of people because then potentially that could be a big business, right? So that like weird kind of belief that yeah. like, you know, this particular like idea or this particular team like will do wonders sometime in the world, right? And that's that that's something that like I you know as much as I think I can quantify like it, it is very difficult it's an art. to quantify. Yeah. yeah, it's totally an art, right? Yeah. And then um, from a hustle of a venture capitalist yeah. in general, like there's two things that you will will always differentiate you, right? Like one is about deal flow, okay, right? And the other one is about making sure that your fund sustains, right? So. Okay deal flow is just like that's why you're always out there you're always trying to talk to people trying to make sure you get the deals you're invited to the deals mm-hmm. um you know and people want to like talk to you right so i think that's really the big thing and making sure that you're you're there and and being genuine by doing that right and then um the other part really is you know making sure that you know you're sustainable and making sure that you invest in the right ones making sure that the companies that you bet in do very well and uh, you know and, and like any founder especially if you're like the partner or someone who runs it like you're always in constant potential fundraising if not business development with your limited partners right okay. so now, always for yep um on the on the and you said you wanted to be in the you in the know of all the right founders and the right deals, right? It's it's always a I rem, I forgot the number, but you know um, we all know that ninety percent of startups fail. Do you guys know that that you know at the end of the day, the metric is out of the nine uh, out of the ten startups that we invested in, nine will fail, or probably one will succeed, ten two will be okay, the seven will be dead in the water, right? Yeah. Was that is that a fair metric or whatnot? Yeah, but you don't go into the each deal knowing that that's going to be the metric. Like you you are so optimistic for each deal when you invest mm-hmm. in it, right? And you're talking about deals, right? And you've done an earlier deal, well, before you left, that now turned on into a win. And we all know what that is with Coins.ph, right? Uh, this is um, this is an amazing deal. They just recently got acquired by Gojek. Yeah. <laughs> And um, it's, it's it's totally amazing, right? And um, you know, even with that, actually, I um, you know I fought for that deal, right? Like you know, I fought for that deal, making sure that 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 kind of went through. And it's because you know, number one, like you know, this, again, talking about like people relationships as founders and stuff, right? Like you always have to be open to like serendipity and possibility. And like I was the first. Um, person that Ron met in the Philippines. Oh, really? I right? Know. Yeah. Go away um, was the one, the reason why he got here, right? Well, that was, that was yeah. His friend, right? But then he had to go through Manila, and um, mm. one of my buddies, so Ron used to work in a venture fund, and one of my classmates from school runs that venture fund, the ah. Eric Schmidt's fund. And um, he's like, Yeah, you got to meet my classmate, Earl, my buddy, who's in Manila doing some startup stuff. And like Ron and I met, I remember, in our office in you know, in, in Metro Pacific and PLDT. Yeah. And, you know, we just talked about stuff, like what are you doing here and all that stuff. And then I remember also the day that like he emailed me and said, hey, by the way, like I went all around like the world, all around Southeast Asia, and I think I'll go to the Philippines and settle there. Wow. And then my mind's like, oh, this is totally weird and bizarre, right? Like, but yeah. sure, why not? Right. So when he said that, 
you know, we're going to start a company and all that stuff. Like I, I just said, like, you know, how, how do you make sure that idea space gets involved in this? And he, he, he actually really was also good. And he wanted to make sure that like, you know, we were involved in that. And obviously like, um, my friend drawer who runs Eric Schmidt's fund was involved right. in it. And, and, um, you know, Minette and Kickstart was also involved yeah, in it. Like yeah. he was very also, um, you know, courteous and making sure that, you know, he, he always remembered the people that was there in the beginning Absolutely. of his journey. And he invited us towards his journey. And we're just lucky that we were there. And, and even for me, like, I was lucky that I was the, you know, the, the person that he met in the beginning. Yeah, and look at him now, you know. Moved a little bit. And, 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 yeah, and I think his heart is in the right place. And I think that's the thing, right? Like, you know, you, the, 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 the best thing to do is to have aligned both mission from a founder perspective and an investor mm -hmm. perspective, right? Like, I mean, obviously you can align the returns, but mm -hmm. that's easy. You want to align yourself on this other things too, right? And that's, that's I think, the X factor. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Earl, I, you know, we, we all know the, the runs, what are the wins, right? Now, it's how is it like for a VC where you know that probably 90% of people that would uh, talk yeah. to you is asking for money? How do you balance that out of not, being able to at least hear things out because especially you, you mentioned the numbers. There's hundreds and hundreds of people that are literally approaching you asking for the same thing. Give me money. Give me money. Right? How, how do you weed that out? And, and you know, how do you, you know, the, make, uh, yeah. yeah, the funny thing actually, right. Like, and obviously, you know, if you meet a real VC, like, you know, it's not, not my money. It's someone else's right, money. Right. right? So right. You have to think about that. Mm -hmm. um, but, but at least from that perspective, you know, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, maybe you can't talk to everybody. Yep. But it's your obligation to at least hear people out, right? Mm. Um, and I know that's totally unscalable and people like, most of the people disagree with me, but I think, mm. at least for me personally, like I want to hear people out and at least give them a little bit of the airtime to talk to me to yep. just, you know, at least I can give either feedback or reaction or something that will add value because you Again, you'll never know, right? Like, you know, some of these people you meet again for a split second right. might then be the people that will, you know, change the country at some point, right? Yep. Right. I mean, uh, you know, you're you're one of the examples, right? Like, you know, you were just like, you know, doing night these things, dude. And then, you know, <laughs> nightlife, and like all these things, and then yeah, you know, you 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 were just like talking to us, and I was like, yeah, this guy's like really cool. And then, you know, I think, I, I think that's the thing, right? Like, and you never know, right? Like, and now like we're, we're still talking, even if, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a split second that maybe we met that first time. And yeah. I, I just like, I think that's the thing, right? Like, you know, the true belief and maybe that's why, cause I, you know, I, I, I came to the Philippines with a mission, right? It's like, yeah. how do I, how do I do this? And how to make sure like we build an economy based on science technology. And if that's the case, then, these technologies want to do it and why not give the time right so i know it's not probably optimized probably not even mm -hmm. the right thing and obviously like the the you know what we do at some point is like yeah i mean i can't necessarily give you yes or no now but what yeah. want to go through the process and if the process says yes then we can talk some more right so i think there's always an out that way but i'm telling you man like it's 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 the grind is is, yeah. is sometimes. I mean, obviously, sometimes it's like tiring, but yeah. it's also some of the most rewarding times probably in life, right? Just because you 
you get to hear different ideas from people and you know how important their ideas are to themselves right so it's just i'm privileged to have that opportunity true now earl you said about the mission now let's let's call a spade a spade that mission is is it the same because you had to leave idea space at one point and this is where i'm most curious because i knew the mission when i first knew you and then yeah i i was like oh Okay, where is Earl going? Why is he leaving? And that's where I kind of, this the last time I saw you was that. And now I'm completely in the dark. Why, why go back? And what was the mission like? Is it the same mission? Or is it just a detour attacking the same mission? Yeah, so I mean, um, the North Star is always the same, right? Okay. Um, you know, talk to my wife, probably she, she probably heard like this North Star since the day that we got married yep. up to like anybody that probably knows me, right? And yep. I never deviate from that. Mm-hmm. So there was really this time where, you know, I mean, I was there for four years. I built Idea Space, you know, by the time that I left again, I think it was really in a good spot. And then QBO was. was like running and, you know, we launched this thing in Apex with Slingshot and, yep. you know, all these things, right? Like it just, I think it was in the right spot. And I remember there was one time I was giving a keynote and I don't know which keynote it was. And I just remember that like, you know what, I'm, I'm saying like a similar message. Um, I'm saying a similar tactics and I'm also saying probably, you know, and I said like, I think I've, I've, I've taught, but I haven't learned, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I need to learn some more. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized very quickly um, that maybe there's a relearn cycle that needs to be done yeah. again for me. And I, that's why I talked to, I mean, I talked again to Envy, like, what should I do and all these things. And, you know, he, he and, and, you know, it's just lucky because when I started to, like, look around and tell people, like, you know, um, I got this amazing offer to work for a hedge fund in, 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 in the New York area wow. doing basically data and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't know anything about data AI. Yeah. or AI at the time, which now it's hot and sexy, but at the time, yeah. like it was just emerging and yeah. they've been nascent. doing this. Totally nascent. Like, yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, I told, you know, MVP, like, what should I do? And he's like, you know, maybe you should learn. Maybe you should leave. Wow. And I thought, you know, funny, I was mentally prepared for him to be like, Earl, like, no, you're doing so well. Like, you should totally stay here and, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, don't go back. But he, you know, I think he had the best intention. And he was like, I, you know, he said, like, what do you want to do? is like, I still want to go back to the Philippines someday. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be here. And wow, I, 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 that just kind of blew my mind, right? Because then it's, it's like any founder, even you, Ron, right? Like, I mean, yeah. it's the same thing, right? Like, I mean, we, we go through this, like, like, cycles of just like grinding hustle like everyday stuff yeah. and then at some point you're like you know i gotta like pause you again lose like, control right yeah wave? yeah what's the next wave right and i think i had to do this i mean it could have been like i could have started another fund or i could right. have started like to move to sing or whatever. it could be any different things right but this was like my next wave right like how do i go back again to the u.s yeah. relearn new things be uncomfortable again right. and you know, I mean, uh, to be honest, like I, you know, being in, in the Philippines and doing a lot of things for the startup ecosystem to, you know, working, let's say, in a hedge fund, reporting right. to people and stuff like it was also hard for me. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, because right. I wasn't I wasn't running the thing. Right. Like I mm. was part of the machine, uh, yeah. although, you know, I had responsibility that was kind of cool. But then it's still it's still not like your your own thing. Right. 
but I knew there was a bigger mission and I had to learn these things and, you know, um, to put my ego in check and kind of make sure to do that, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's things. I mean, was it difficult? So after like a year, year and a half, I, I left the hedge fund. I got burned out because I was working like 80-hour days and weekends, right? I mean, wow. it's totally... To, to, the 80 hour weeks right like 80 100 hour weeks which is totally like crazy but um then i went back again to tech and then now you know and, and all these things right so um you know i think it it was it like smooth you know was it easy is it like pretty sure it's not it? no. no right but you know the broader sense is the bigger question right like how do i prepare myself to be a better leader when 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 I come back to the Philippines at yeah. some point, be determined time. Absolutely. Right? Now, Earl, let's take a quick break. Let's talk about more on what you want to do next. And what's sure. you say, the same, the same North Star you said, but now what we want to do next. And then what do you see are the opportunities that a lot of Filipinos are missing out? A lot of Filipinos tech startup founders are missing out. More of that awesome. after the break. Thanks, Earl. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game and again big thank you to sprout solutions liberating your time for what truly matters hey hustlers wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents well i got good news because today's sponsor uno digital bank is here to help you achieve your financial goals you can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock 
the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Earl Valencia, straight out of San Francisco at the moment. Yeah. Earl? Okay, so before the break, uh, you mentioned about you know adjustment from being at the hedge fund in New York, and now you're back in the Bay Area, right? That's, I mean, it, it's still within the U.S., but I'm pretty sure anytime you move and every time you're in a different environment, especially when you came from Space, when, again, you were the guy, you were calling the shots, and, you know, a lot of times when you, you adjust, it's not just, you know, knowing where you are in the totem pole, right? Uh, it's also adjustment when your family has to be adjusting to. I'm pretty sure the kids came in with you as well and whatnot. How was that? I'm pretty sure there was a struggle. What was that process with you? And then how did you ad- adapt to that life? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think in general, it's still kind of in transition, right? So my family is still in the New York area and I'm still here, okay. um, right, in San Francisco. Um, and then, you know, it's it's actually multiple adjustments, right? So, I mean, obviously, I know a little bit about technology and data and all these things, but then I'm in a financial services kind of world. And then obviously also reconnecting again with my network here in the Bay Area, right? So there's just a lot of multiple transitions. and. You know, moving is always kind of hard, but at the same time, um, you have to know. So if if you if you go move or you make even a career move, right? Like, you have to ask the reason, like, why are you doing this, and not just because like it's either more money or or anything else, right? So for me, it's like going back again to like the environment that I think I'm I'm thriving, oh. right? Um, and you know, I I think even if I love New York as a city. Um, I think it's just not a place for someone like me who is totally like wild entrepreneurial creative and a technology biased person, right? It's just not that environment. And one thing that I learned very quickly in three years is that your environment matters. Absolutely. The people around you you matter a lot 
for your mm -hmm. own success, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's just basically one of the things there. Correct. Now right. you said you mentioned about environment, right? Now uh, let's let's. I, I want to pick your brains now. And over these years that you've been from the Philippines, you've been you've done New York, and now you're back in Sanville. What? What should, what should fill in this in the realm of Philippine startups, right? Or people that that what is he? What are we missing out on? Because I'm pretty sure we we have the talent, we've had wins. There's more acquisitions happening now and whatnot. But for somehow some reason, there's something amiss, and I I can't point my finger on it. It can be a a, a, a mix of a lot of things. But in your perspective, from the outsider. From from the point of where you are now, what's what's missing, and what should we do to improve our our numbers? The same way you did when you went to the state and had to give yourself a better chance. Yeah, so I mean, I think um, there's multiple things kind of in my mind, but I mean, actually, I'm also curious on your your own thoughts there, as okay. you you did the whole gamut, multiple startups uh, yep. up to an acquisition and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. So you also probably have a very good sure. kind of opinion on this, but at least for me, there's two two things I think that uh, we all need to make sure that we, we kind of do. Like I think number one is um, the, you know, the strong bias really for um, for both global uh, global-minded management mm -hmm. and global scalable technologists. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you what it means. Right. One is about like if you have a startup founder or even like a business person, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing that I appreciated kind of here is that you know, again, remember that time that I mentioned where, um, you know, I, when I was in Boston, like, and yeah. I was like, all of a sudden, I had to compete with like Chinese people, Indian people, yeah, yeah. like you know, European people, all these things like, so it's just that like from a management perspective, from an ambition perspective, from a go-to-market perspective, how do you just set yourself up to compete at the global level yep. versus just like hiding and saying, you know, I'm going to be like number one in the Philippines, right? And yeah, yes. it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just, I think that's, that's limiting, right? Um, Similar to and, how like a Filipino basketball player would, I was like, yeah, my dream is to be in the PBA. But you know, we, we have your brother who's literally leading the New York Knicks. It's like the Filipinos all want to be in the NBA, and by that time, a full-bred Filipino that gets to the NBA, I'm pretty sure the the, the, the the country will go bonkers. So in that perspective, it should be looking from a global execution yeah, point of view. Yeah, totally right. I mean, I mean, in the process, right? In the process of looking global you'll default to become number one in the Philippines, right? As True. a stepping stone. True. So it's actually not even, it's actually even the same, right? Like if you start, you know, if you start looking global, by default, you're probably also going to be number one in your home country just because you, you are there locally, right? You should right? have home court. Right, advantage. Yeah. So you're, yep. you're, you have to do that, but then you're always looking out. So that's one thing that I think is 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 needed. And the other one is this global scalable technologist, right? So literally, mm -hmm. like, can we design um, you know, technologies that can scale at a rapid pace? Can we make sure mm -hmm. that we're looking at, like, what are the large macro trends in technology in the world and apply them, right, mm -hmm. uh, to, like, problems that make sense? And then how do you also make sure that, you know, the product um, is, you know, the product, 
that you built from let's say even a UX interface or like the user experience part um, and the potential scale part like all of them have global standards when you build it right absolutely and, and we have a lot of talent yeah that talent right? is here the only problem the is talent's there we sell it all the time we always think of like ah, I'm gonna sell my my shit to to X company so I can get benefits we don't want to bet on ourselves like you know what I can build this shit and I can just need the right funding and support. We're always looking at, we're always into that racket mode. You know, like, ah, what's my neck racket? Yeah, 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 exactly, you know? right? And then I think as engineers, right, like just, uh, I think we have to develop, as, I mean, I'm, I'm an engineer too, right? Uh, you yeah. know, like that, that whole notion of like, I'm building this thing that like millions of people will use someday. Yeah. yeah. Right? And even more so that like, you know, it's something that I, you know, I, I co-built with my own mind, mm-hmm. right? Because again, that racket mentality, um, or I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? The service yeah. mentality and stuff, sure. which is a lot of times like we're being fed by someone else's idea to execute. Correct, correct. Right, but then, you know, this is the opportunity, right? Like building companies, building startups, building technologies, like literally it's, it's something that it could come directly from your mind and build it for other people to use, right? And that's, I think that's liberating. And I think that's why, let's say, engineers in in some parts of the world, like here in San Francisco, right? Like, that's the motivation, right? Is to the pride is to build global. things or global yeah. products that people will use, and that pride is so strong that motivates people. That's why they're willing to eat pizza in the middle of the night, right? And build stuff just because they they can see that it's just this yeah. like, you know, they want to work on hard problems, right? That's like the, right. even the attraction, like in a place like Facebook or whatever, it's like, how do you attract really good technology talent? It's mm. not like paying them more. It's like make them work on hard global scale problems. And Correct. I think that mentality needs to be kind of rubbed off. And again, we have the talent, we have the capability. I think it's all about just like making sure that we have these, standards mm-hmm. um, always taking taking a check on right yeah now from my perspective you said you wanted to ask the same question I yeah think- about you man. I mean you 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 built the company you did the whole round trip now I mean yeah. you know you probably have this whole perspective nailed you know okay now at least from my I mean I'm totally biased towards my own experience but from a founder's perspective here especially in the Philippines I think a lot of the us who started in 2011 2012 we were very naive. We were all greenhorns, you know. We didn't really know. <laughs> we have a lot of bravado, you know, that stuff. Deals were coming, but not that big and whatnot. And a lot of us actually failed. If you look at the first waves of ideas, baits of the Kickstarter. Yeah, right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all failed. But one common denominator among all the first movers here is that on our second try, we've had significant success whatever mm-hmm. it is that we've been doing. So a lot of it really just comes with the growing pains, you know. Oh, and yeah, sometimes, oh, totally. Uh, now, like, for example, I have, I've, I've been through the experience of closing a company that I worked on for eight years, let it, having to mm-hmm. let that go, how that felt. But without having to go through that, I wouldn't have sold a company that I just put up in 12 months and got acquired, right? Those things really helped me prepare for that. And, you know, now you're absolutely correct. It's, it's totally weird when we have all this talent, but we only do it from a Philippine setting. It's weird. I think it's experience, number one, 
and lack, lack of exposure. I, it's my first time to go to San Francisco last year. And most of the dudes there have a different vibe. They, you're, you're right. They're like, we're trying to create a global, they, they want to change the world, not just their own hometown. And by doing that, hey, even just the region, look, look at the grabs of the world. Look at the gold yeah, jets of yeah, the world. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Just right. talk about Asia. Asia's big enough to just at least our oh, region, yeah. you know, to, to, to just transform. And more than that, we have the talent. I can literally name, handpick a couple of, I mean, a handful of guys right now who I can literally work with in that. It's just that we haven't had that epiphany yet to like, all right, let's go change the, the world. And that's why if you look at the Philippines here, our top apps are not made here, right? Except for, you know, a handful like the coins.ph, which is Ron Hoses and whatnot. The grabs of the world, not a Philippine company and whatnot. We can do that as well, but we just have to have a bigger appetite for risk, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if we were able to prove it, I'm pretty sure the money's going to come to fund it. Yeah, I, 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 that's totally true, man. And I think that's something that I, you know, I mean, got inspired by, you know, someone like you and, and, and other people in their cohort, right? Like you just didn't give up and you grinded. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of, you know, I think our next phase, uh, to be honest with you, uh, mm-hmm. is again, I think number one is that we all have to support each other, right? Like, yeah. I think that's the, that is the beauty, to be honest with you, of like our generation, yeah. our generation of like technology, startup, entrepreneurial people. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no incentive to do crab mentality. Yep, no. And that's the purpose right. of this, this podcast. Yeah, is to that, right. remove all the bullshit above the sugar yeah, coat totally. and let's get down and dirty and talk about how we're going to be able and to help mean, each other. Yeah, and to be honest, let's call people out, right? Like if, if you, you know, I think that's the good thing, right? Like, you know, if people are trying to like put people down, like just, you know, we yeah. don't have time for you, right? Put it in the butt. Yeah, exactly, right? I think that's the thing. I think we just have to like do that. And then number two, like, so we all have to support each other in this journey. Number two, mm. not support each other. Actually, there's going to be like, I think the next big unicorn to come out of the Philippines is not going to be a, you know, like, uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's like, it's not going to be just like you, Ronster, like or me no, or like, no. or other people. It's all of us. There's probably a possibility that like couple of us together, yeah. With all our scars and learning, right. we'll then build the next unicorn. I am gonna, I'm gonna call this out right now on your podcast, man. Okay. And I think if people are listening, listen well, right? Like I think let's learn from the lesson in the past five, six, seven years, maybe even ten years. And now, as you know, as as this generation now has grown up, like let's think of things that all together, like what are these big things we all want to attack? And like instead of building like different companies. And, Let's build one that will just stick and make sure it is done right, Absolutely. done right, and done the way we want. So that's something that I think. Let's let's reflect if that's yeah. even the good strategy. And you're coming back, and you coming back will just open up a lot more doors. And you know, we, there's there's a lot of support. I mean, from Phil Dev, who's been there. Exactly right. Uh, exactly. We're just right. doing it in silos, majority of the time, in our own little way, right? Someone yeah. needs to unite these tribes, sort of like. Wakanda, you know, <laughs> you know, and put, Holy, right? yeah, Avengers, right? right? Like we're, yeah. we're good. we have to do an Avengers and like go go against like Thanos, Thanos, Thanos together, <laughs> right? Dude, True. that's the way, man. Like I, I think that's the way, dude. And I think, um, dude, I'm telling you, this this is gonna be like the next wave is gonna be so amazing, right? Because yeah. it's 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 gonna be like all of us together, and we're not gonna leave people behind, you know. Now, last tip, Earl, before I let you go. Um, if you're talking to 
your younger self, what were the advice that you would be giving to to what 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 you you had to go through? Or if someone wants to go in the same career path that you did, I'm pretty sure it's not easy. <laughs> but let's just uh, hypothetically uh, go through that. What, what would be the advice that you'd give yourself? You know what, like. You know, there's there. Well, obviously, there's one thing that I will won't change since I knew when I was young, and there's one thing that I would have changed, or if I realized oh. sooner, it would have been better, right? Like, number one, that I I was lucky that when I when I was young, I always ask why not and why, why not try, yeah. versus why do it, right? And for some of us, like we're just built maybe from our parents or something. Blind obedience. Like, yeah, like oh, I I can't do that. But then I oh. I don't know why. But then I always like my ask biggest why pet peeve, not. man. Yeah, like yeah. For example, <laughs> like I, I mean, even college, I told you, right? Like I applied to like ten schools. Why not? Like, I mean, if I don't get in, I don't get in. If yeah. I, you know, every every big moment of my life, I just said like why not, and it it worked out in the end. Just because you did something that like it was impossible yesterday, it became possible today, yeah. right? And then the other one though that I would tell my younger self is the art of letting go and mm. that there is a bigger plan and I thought like ah, you know what that's all like you're going to control your destiny but when I no. look back in the past you know 30 plus years of my life there's always curveballs yeah all of these little things right like going to the Philippines even going to the US for college you know going to you all these things is not in our control yep right um, so the only thing that you can do is to like, yeah, you know what, like you just have to maximize your opportunity, what's in front of you and how do you just believe that like there is a, there is something bigger and that bigger and if someone's guiding you just like mm -hmm. say, yeah, maybe we should try it out. Right. So, yeah. um, and maybe the last bonus part is that mm -hmm. environment matters. And that's something mm -hmm. I just learned literally in the past one year, yes. right? Like, your, the people around you, the, the society around you, the tribe, yeah. like you got to make sure you're around your tribe yep. to succeed because yep. the world is already tough enough. What more if you're alone? What more if you're alone, man? Yep. That's crazy, dude. But then, I mean, I want to learn from you, maybe before you close this segment, like yep. what's your top one or two that you want to like tell the world and tell me of like, what did you learn, man? For me, uh, number one from... What I learned from Party File going through Chatbot is that you gotta be humble. More than anything, and I know that's cliche, like, okay, humility, whatever. But in a startup <laughs> world, from a founder's point of view, where, you know, there's ebbs and flows that, you know, I was just talking about this in a, another episode with James Fernando um, of Shirtly. He said, yeah, I talked to him, like, you know what, it's hard to be humble when you're winning. You know, we, we need to be able to put your foot down and make sure that, you know, hey, you know what? It's, it, things are going good now. But hey, guess what? Tomorrow, you're going to be walloped by a tsunami. Good luck. Yeah. So whatever yeah. those things, whether in defeat, you always ha do your best. That, that's what makes or breaks you. right? For me, in my point of view, when, when Party File closed down, the biggest paradigm shift that happened for me was I wrote a blog. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw that, man. Yeah, I wrote a blog because if I didn't do that, I would probably be stuck in a rut till now. I would have had a downward spiral and God knows what I'm going to be able to do to myself, right? But I had to write it down and you said the art of letting go, right? I had to do that and give myself a chance because you really just really lose when you stop. 
Now, I'm not saying that you should bounce back right away, right? But be humble enough to admit that these are my mistakes. You come clean and you come clean and saying, at the end of the day, if you look it all up, it's my fault. Because that's the only time you're going to be able to move forward. And lastly, uh, more more than anything, and I'll resonate what you said, it's surrounding yourself with the right people. Because if you're not surrounded with the right tribe, you will not flourish. No matter, you can't be Chuck Norris. I swear, only Chuck <laughs> Norris, <laughs> only Chuck Norris wins against a thousand people, right? And it's not like that, you know. You you need to be able to be surrounded with the right people who believe in you, put you in a position, or have a chance to win. Similar like like LeBron James, right? I hate to say this, like, but you know, okay. He's in a good situation in Cleveland. He looked for a better opportunity. He wanted to go Hollywood. Now he's having a hard time because that's not his tribe. That's not his hometown, right? It's, it's a totally different dynamic. I'm not saying he's not going to think, but there's always an adjustment period. But if you're surrounded with people that believe you, doesn't have necessarily mean that they're going to sugarcoat you and babysit you, but put you in a position to win. And that's, what, that's, that's the most important thing. So for me, that came... With, with the support of the, the right partners, uh, who are the same co-founders that I have in PartyFile. So I was willing to take a risk. And then from that point on, all I, all I had back then, I didn't have money, I didn't have anything, but a ton of learnings that I know where the potholes were. I know who, what not to do and what to do. And I just came in with a cheat sheet of how to run a startup, you know. And then lo and behold, 12 months later, we got a card. Amen, brother. Amen. I think those are great lessons that like founders should uh, should have, right? Like I think it's just amazing, man. Like I'm, I'm really glad that you're talking now. I'm really glad that you invited me to the show just yeah, because like you're one of these people that like you know you're 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 Mister Not Giving Up and making yep. sure that you just like grinding. And I I totally admire like what you did and you. all the success that you you've had so far is totally you know you deserve every bit of it. And so, kudos to you. All right, Earl. Before I let you go, what's your message to the Philippine startup ecosystem for everyone who's listening out there? Yeah, I think I, I think the biggest thing for every Filipino and Philippine founder is that. You know, it's our country, mm-hmm. right? It's we're we're the only ones that can. I mean, obviously, we can ask other people to help us, but I think it's our it's our responsibility, it's our imperative, and we're the ones that will change this country mm-hmm. in the next fifty years. Yep. Let's let's own that story. Let's make it a story we're all gonna be proud of, right? And let's not fuck um, this up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like the, the, the digital space, the internet, like. All the things that's happening levels the playing field for our country and yes. our generation to not be ashamed that we're from the Philippines anymore, yeah. right? Yep. And and it's our chance in the next 50 years. And I remember in one of my charts, you know, HSBC says that like we're whatever yeah. going to be top 16 economy in the world. And I remember that in one of my charts before I left. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's 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 up to us and our inspiration our generation our hustle mm-hmm. to make sure that that prediction becomes reality the, your parents won't do that nope they're done they're done mm-hmm. it's up the to you now won't do that the government probably won't do that they'll support us mm-hmm. but it's up to us to make that reality it's you all right well thank you very much um 
it's been great. I'm I'm gonna see you this weekend, uh, this Friday, I think. Yeah, But, dude, yeah, I'll yeah. see you in Kubo, man. Yep. And uh, I, I'm, I, you know, I, you know, I definitely want to see everyone there. I, I'm really glad to be back in in a while. Um, I'm only there for a few days, but hey, oh, we'll man, make the most I, out I'm of it. So ex- I'm so excited, my friend. All so. right, I'll see you on Friday. But again, that's that's it for now for the Hustle Share podcast. If you like this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to our uh, podcast in Spotify, iTunes, and in Google Podcasts and share this because this is a very rare episode. Again, thank you, Earl. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. See you, my friend. Peace.